2: Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Dr. History. Good morning, Zev. I get kind of tired introducing you. Well, you got to get a little more creative. That's all I can What's say. What's the matter with that? Well, it's okay. <laughs> Work on it for next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful day out there, Zeb. Yeah, it changes something. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Sugar beets her getting piled up, you know, it's uh, a yeah. uh, beautiful day. Yeah,
1: so, Your goatee's really starting to look more distinguished. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And it's
2: getting very white. Well, I can't help that. <laughs> Look at my hair. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, last week we talked about the trappers. Oh yeah. And we wanted to kind of continue that. We talked about the skill, the courage, the everything it took to be a successful trapper. Yeah. Probably some guys that They were courageous. They were. And probably some weren't so successful. But so we got into the wintertime. And, you know, uh, at that point, uh, some of the uh, trapping groups, the uh, Rocky Mountain Fur Company, sometimes mm. they would uh, they would stay at forts or posts. Other times they would just find a place out in the wilderness to camp. Yeah. And uh, bands or even villages of friendly Indians like the Nez Perce, the Flatheads, the Snakes, they were encouraged to winter with the whites or near. By, And you'll see why. Uh, much of it had to do with uh, tailoring. The mountain men preferred wool clothing when they could get it. But now, uh, here they are out in the middle of nowhere, but he or his wife or a hired Indian woman uh, would make entire outfits throughout the winter for these guys. Really? Yeah. So, you know, they would make moccasins, leggings, breeches, shirts, caps, mittens, robes. And a lot of the skins dressed... Sometimes with hair and sometimes without hair.
1: How did they, you know, the one thing that bugs me about the Old West and the, uh, the trappers and everything, how did they keep their feet warm?
2: Well, we'll talk a little bit about that you oh, know, for the wintertime. Okay. Alright. But, you know, usually they used, uh, deer, bucks, does, uh, antelope, bighorn, uh, elk, even rabbit skin. Yeah. Rabbit skin is very soft. And did, how did they keep it waterproof? Uh, well, it depends if they had the fur on the outside, but they could also use tallow, you know, uh, oh. to put on the, on the, the, uh, You really know, of course, you're you're as old as they are, so I'm sure you were there. Yeah. So, you know, each had its specific uses, advantages, and drawbacks. Robes, either with or without hair, some didn't have hair, uh, were made from uh, a lot of the same skins. Buffalo hides uh, had a lot of uses. The hides obtained in the summer and the fall hunts were tanned for teepees. They made these bags, they called carryalls, they called them parfletches. And uh, containers of different kinds that they had to use, you know, to haul water and yeah. things like that. But the robes used for winter wear, uh, for bedclothes and bed covering, and for winter moccasins were made of the hides taken in the winter when the hair was the thickest. Yeah, but how did they? They were heavy. Yeah, oh, yeah, they were heavy. Yeah, they, exactly. Especially with the with the fur with the hair. Yeah, on. yeah. But moccasins were also made of a lot of different different skins uh, for winter. They might be fur-lined, or if not, they might be stuffed with loose hair or even leaves or sagebrush bark. Leaves? Yeah, so they'd stuff the moccasin uh, with something to as insulation, you know, wow, but a lot of the women, they didn't were,
1: have socks, did they? they no, they oh didn't. My.
2: A lot of the women's moccasins were, uh, more likely than men's to have these knee length leggings sewn to them. And we've all seen pictures of yeah. them with their, yeah. uh, they go up to their knees. Uh, and, you know these women they had elaborately quilted or beaded moccasins and a lot of those are displayed in museums we've i think a lot of us have seen those and but these the really nice ones they were for ceremonial or what we'd call Sunday best uh, rather than just daily wear mm. so the ordinary work shoe was made in quantity and it was Not real durable, but, you know, they didn't go to a lot of work to make it fancy with beads and and things like that. But for moccasins and leggings, which both Indians and trappers wore, usually to the hip, the best material. Now, I'd never thought of this, Zeb, but it was last year's teepee. Really? Okay, new lodges were made every year. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I figured once you made one, you kept it for a number of years, but they didn't. So think about this. The skins of the old teepees were saved for clothing. They had a year's smoking from the daily fire and so dried smooth that they wouldn't stretch. Who thought of all this? That, I, you know, just trial and error. It's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea that they would make a new I TV know been every times year. You walked in here and you smelled like smoke. so <laughs> Well, that's true. <laughs> now. When it was stormy uh, and long evenings, it made the de- best time for these ladies to make their uh, dresses and, and one thing or another. And some of the trappers, you know, had Indian wives, and or their Indian neighbors were forever busy with their uh, skins. They're, they had awls and they used sinew, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. Um, and. I didn't realize this, but the various animal sinews, especially those of the buffalo, were, of course, the thread that they used. And they actually would take that sinew and they would split it for whatever they're trying to do. In other words, it might be really thin for maybe moccasins, but it might be thicker for, say, like a teepee. Like sewing a teepee together. Yeah, okay. So they would use different sizes of of sinew for whatever they were. What a creative people. They were. They were amazing, you know. Uh, They made uh, the clothes, uh, and if they made too much, they could trade them. Uh, but the Indian women—they'd been trained since they were young girls from childhood. And again, if you go to a museum, you'll see amazing the beadwork uh, using porcupine quills, uh, different paints. Didn't different I colors. read? Didn't I
1: read someplace that actually for the moccasins to keep them nice and soft, that the Indian women actually for days chewed the leather.
2: You know, I have heard that, and I but I haven't I haven't read it in some some of my research. But yeah. I have heard that oh, okay. to make it sound but, you know, they used bits of metal, bells, braided hair, feathers, of course. Um, and kind of like you're dressed now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, religious rituals were part of their task. It was, uh, we'll just keep going here, Zeb. <laughs> 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 okay, so back to winter Okay. Okay. Right. So that was a preserving season for the women to, uh, t- to some extent uh, for the trappers, too. Uh, for example, it was a good time to make pemmican or jerky now they kind of interuse those words here a little bit Uh, so they had what they call winter pemmican or jerky uh, as opposed to summer pemmican i'll tell you the difference so the winter pemmican uh which is sometimes spoken of quote unfavorably was made not in winter but following the fall hunt when the weather was might not might not have been really good weather and it's uh and the pemmican might actually turn sour. Yeah. So, not sounding very good. But the summer pemmican, this was the good stuff. That was the grade A stuff. And it was made in late winter and early spring. The meat uh, was usually always buffalo meat, most of the time. It was first dried uh, the way the trappers and Indians uh, did. They would cut it into slices and strips an inch or so thick. They would score a crisscross across it, spread it on racks of cottonwood poles high enough to keep it away from the dogs and the wolves and stuff. So it was not so much the sun as the wind that dried it. So the wind whipping through there is what really dried out the jerky. Okay. So, and it could be, it might take four or five days or as little as three days if if things were going good. But sometimes they'd put a slow smoky fire under the framework too that would also help dry it out. Mm-hmm. So the result was the universal dried meat or jerky, and it was always carried by trappers, by the Indians, you know, it was, uh. Yeah, you see their TV commercials all the time. I know it. Old Trapper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, another pemmican, however, was in a class by itself. So all the gristle and the sinews would, that might be present in jerky were taken away and the residue was pounded in a mortar till it was pulverized. Okay. This powder was loosely packed in a bag, and then melted fat was poured over it, and the mouth of the bag was sewed up. Thus packed, the pemmican would keep for years. Really? Yeah. It wouldn't spoil? No. And it was a good energy food. It was a complete diet in itself. It was also a great treat. Uh, Oh, yeah. I use that term questionably. Yeah. (laughs) But it was rich. It was more flavorful than jerky. Uh, it could be eaten uncooked or fried, roasted or boiled uh, or in combination with anything you had on hand. So the luxury item was what they called berry pemmican in which pulverized dried fruits like choke cherries, wild cherries, things like that were pulverized and mixed in with it. So that would have been, you know. Taste even better. What did they do with that ice cream? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. You know, it sounds good, but a little ice cream or a glass of milk. There
1: you, know, you go. You know. yeah.
2: Now, uh this here's something you've never thought of. The fat or the fats were preserved separately. Okay. The boiled and refined tallow served all the uses of butter. Uh. Okay, I mean, uh. Yeah, like pemmican. <laughs> it was also sewn up in bags, and uh, the most abundant buffalo fat was that which lay along the back. So that was the best place to get the, the fat. Am I scowling? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't sound <laughs> oh, good. Oh, wait for this next one. Yeah. So kidney fat. Oh, boy. If not eaten raw, was dried in long slices or briefly boiled. Wait a minute, wait a minute. If not eaten raw. raw yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> You know, here I I weigh two hundred and twenty pounds. Okay? I yeah. would have only weighed ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that diet. I don't know. If you get hungry enough, you know, you're gonna eat pretty much pretty much anything. But the Indian women were really good cooks. And the Indian diet was was not sparse or monotonous. It, it was a good diet. Oh, yeah. If the, if the camp, yeah. you know, well, let me keep going. You'll, I'm
1: anxious to go to their restaurant.
2: You're going to agree with me here in a <laughs> yeah. minute. So if the camp was in good country, uh, its basis was the pot of meat, which was always stewing over the fire in the middle of the lodge, and a portion of which was set aside for anybody that came in. If you were a visitor, you sat down, and immediately they gave you some... Of what was in the pot. You didn't know what it was. Well, no, uh, but you ate it, okay? Yeah. Uh, And they didn't have any hour for fixed meals, the Indians or the trappers. They ate when they were hungry. So it was kind of like that philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Just eat when you're hungry. And Whatever was in the pot was replenished with whatever fresh killed meat came in. So if they'd been out. So the pot never emptied? No. So they just add a little more uh, antelope or buffalo meat or rabbit or whatever. They had to get a
1: little rank.
2: Well, I think it. I think it, uh, you know, went through enough that it would it stayed okay. (laughs) It's kind of the Indians' version of McDonald's. (laughs) Or yeah, it was kind of a uh, anyway. Yeah, I know. Okay, so now. You know, so here's something that helped. Uh, all of this was flavored with herbs, roots, leaves, and grasses, which the Indian women dried, and they knew the properties of these things. And that added flavor to this stew yeah. or or whatever it was. Yeah, well, whatever. Whatever it was. So yeah. r- roots, leaves, and buds that made good salads could be found under the snow. Trappers and Indians lived pretty high when food was abundant, and winter camps were pitched in places where it was expected there would be abundant food. So they were literally eating grass. Uh, uh, yeah, sort of. It was a salad, you know, <laughs> not what you'd get at uh, some of the good I'm scared
1: restaurant. to ask what kind of croutons
2: they had. <laughs> So storms or the migration of game would produce shortages sometimes. Oh, my. Okay. And hunting was a daily job. The men went out through the woods, the hills and plains, usually on snowshoes. If the snow was too soft, they had to carry the kill on their backs because the horses couldn't make it through the the snow. And there were problems of keeping this from the wolves. And they would hang it from trees to try to keep it safe. Because, you know, even now, they when people go camp and they tell them, don't leave your the meat or food out where the bears can get to absolutely so protecting the meat was a constant problem winter or summer even in the summer you had to because you had bears and wolves you know uh, in a camp or on the trail and uh anything from porcupines to grizzlies could come after your meat
0: this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com
0: slash switch.
2: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, oh, but here's something I didn't know. The most skillful of all the thieves was the Wolverine. Hmm. Uh, okay. that he would even steal from the traps. He would get a beaver and steal from the traps. Really, and the the trapper said that there was no cash of meat that was safe. From a Wolverine, obnoxious little yeah, fellow. Yeah, and I, you know, I've never come across one, but I understand they're pretty, pretty yeah, vicious.
1: Yeah, that's what they call the Michigan Wolverine football the, team. Vicious, they're
2: vicious. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you know, the trapper who had a wife, you know, that was a really good thing in the winter because a woman kept a lodge neat. Uh, and it says as neat as any farm kitchen uh, with snow banked deeply around the uh, skirt of the lodge, heavy skins over the entrance and curtains running around the entire circumference inside. So they were pretty warm inside. Oh, yeah. It was easily heated, free of drafts. The floor had been packed hard. Bed springs were willow frames. Mattresses were buffalo robes. And there were robes and blankets for bedclothes. And everything was in its place. This was a very neat, uh, setup, you know, very clean, very well organized. And a lot of times the relatives would come by and have whatever food was cooking in the pot.
1: They'll sit on the floor.
2: Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, they might have to move if there was prolonged storms or if forage or game got Exhausted, yeah, so the various brigades sometimes would have to shift to other valleys in in the middle of winter. They might have to pack up and leave uh, if things got bad. there was no place for the kids to go to play though. Well, you know what? They played outside, Zeb. Don't oh. you think they went out okay. and
1: rolled in well, the snow? Well, on a cold, and- snowy day, I mean, the kids are in the teepee, and it's a mess.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure the mothers kept things in line. I see. I don't okay. doubt. Okay. Right. You know, but uh, like I say, sometimes these the Indian tribes or the, the uh, trappers had to move in the middle of winter. Really? And go find uh, shelter places. Uh, so they had to travel when snow was probably... Pretty high, pretty deep, you know, yeah. for the horses and the mules. But, you know, there are stories of hunters getting lost, uh, snow blind, uh, getting in blizzards, and even uh, losing their gunpowder. How did they start their fires? The Indians, that's a good question. I think they used flint. All the time? I don't know. Oh. I don't know if they used uh, uh, the, the what do you call it, the stick, the, uh, oh, that, what am I trying to
1: Rubbing those two sticks yeah, together? Yeah. Okay. Um, they didn't go to? Bow
2: Bowen string. Oh,
1: okay. I can't remember. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, where so, the string sits there and. Right, and yeah. It spins. Yeah.
2: So the Indians, I don't know if they used that or or flint and steel or what Holy cow But you know some of these guys like say they would get lost and They just didn't go to the the uh, hardware store and buy a big lighter did they They didn't But you know some of these poor guys they would wander till they Starved to death or froze. And sometimes the next spring, they the other trappers might find their bones, you know, kind of scattered in an area. You're gruesome. You know that yeah, this was the hard fact yeah. that this was this is the way it was. It was hard, I would
1: imagine. But did they stay there in the wintertime, though? They went someplace else, didn't they? The trappers? Well, they didn't stay up there where the Indians did.
2: Yeah, they would. They would camp really in these nice little valleys. I thought they
1: went back home.
2: No, they or some would go to uh, the post, like Fort I Hall, oh. Fort Bridger. But others, they would camp near the Indian uh, tribe. I
1: want to go where it's warm. I do too. You know,
2: yeah. and I've wondered too if they some of them didn't uh, camp near some of the hot springs. Hmm. You know, I mean, that yeah. would almost make sense. You know, uh, like maybe down in the Hagerman Valley, or uh, even up in the Yellowstone area. Yeah. Maybe some of those uh, warmer springs that would not freeze during the winter time. But so. eating and
1: having enough of a food supply—that was always a daily challenge. It was.
2: And yeah. but you know hopefully they had put away enough pemmican or uh, jerky things to last them through the winter. And the rest of their hygiene probably wasn't the best. You know what though? A lot of them actually would swim every day in a stream. You every, gotta be summer kidding Summer and winter. In the winter, summer and winter. I can walk on water. <laughs> they would. <laughs> they were in many cases a very very clean hygienic. Oh, uh, yeah. I I can't remember which tribe I was ta- reading about, but. Every uh, Every day, they really? would go, I don't know about the women, but the men uh, would always go jump in and swim in the So the street. old term
1: to the Indians, go jump in the lake was true. It was. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. I got to go. Yes. I'm late.
2: Bring this up again next week. I'll I'd like to know
1: about. more about their eating habits. And I mean, it's just
2: fascinating. It is. And uh, the things that they knew and that has been lost, yeah. the things they knew that we don't have any idea nowadays what it was yeah you and i would you
1: and i would starve to death
2: (laughs) we would have to get pretty hungry but i think i would eat the stew would you really i think i would yeah huh you get hungry enough not knowing what's in it you don't and want it's it? been
1: there for probably, oh seventy five, seventy six 75, 76 days. Yeah, you just just <laughs> be. Just adding a squirrel or a gopher to it. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I agree.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Dr. History, a man of many talents.